Hey, this is the Can Do Mantra Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, and in this episode, I would like to see what it really is to successfully job hunt while working full-time. Not get overwhelmed and just move on and take the best opportunity out there. Let's dive right into the discussion. And finally, this is not a solo episode, and my friend Camille will be joining me today. It is kind of a selfish episode. It's meant to motivate me to get up the couch and look for something that I'm really going to be challenged about. And it's meant to motivate you as well, especially if you are in your nine to five and you feel like you're kind of stagnating and it's time to move on. We hear things about recessions, um, people getting fired. We see all of that. But does that mean that we need to stand still in our positions even though we're not challenged anymore? I don't think so. So I am, I can tell you, the queen of inventing a thousand excuses not to do these kind of things. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I don't have time. I'm too busy, whatever. But to be honest, in order to stay consistent and start doing it, I needed this kind of push. And I noticed that at the same exact time, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, you know, finding all these excuses not to do things for myself. Several of my friends actually did it. While on their full-time jobs, they actually found the time and energy to find a better fit for them and moved on to the next company in an instant. What? So what I want to say here is I just really want to see and closely follow how exactly they made these transitions from the very, very early stage and beginning of having the bare idea of leaving their workplace and because of what? until the offer acceptance and the first date. I want to know what is behind the scenes of each of those steps. And if you're currently working and you're starting to feel like you're, you might want to explore something new out there in the job market, this might be the motivation you just need. So stay over here and let's get to it. So by no means, this is an expert view or an official guideline, as you know, it's just me sharing my experience. So that's what Can Do Mantra is about. So who is my guest today? She's super special to me. She's an amazing friend. And about six months ago, she changed jobs while working full-time in a digital marketing agency. I would really love to learn from her speed because she did everything so professionally and so quickly. Not only I'm so proud of her because she did a huge step up in her career, but also she moved continents. So without further ado, let's go. Tell us who you are, please. Cool. Well, hi everyone. Um, I'm Camille. I'm French. I'm I'm 26, um, just turned 26, and I'm currently based in Dubai. Um, I was previously based in Madrid, where I studied. Um, and yeah, I decided to move, um, to Dubai for a new experience and a new job. I moved for the city, but also for the job I'm currently at. All right, cool. So you were based in Madrid studying there and then just to make it clear for the listeners, you did have a job there as well. So you had like a stable income, um, good job over there. So I really want to know what made you move? What made you even have this thought? initially what happened in your brain 
basically there's two things the first thing is i've always lived abroad um with my parents and then on my own so i always knew that i wanted to you know try out different cities different cultures so that was like one of my main motivators um the second one was mainly that as someone working in digital marketing right you want to be you want to know about different markets so you're adaptable and you learn about the way people buy and the way people use marketing in those markets um so i thought it it was interesting for me since i've lived in asia i've lived in the us i lived in europe and kind of middle east was what you know was still to be discovered and and still interesting so i had this lever of of thinking like okay i need to expand my horizons as a, as a marketer and then the second thing which is super important as i'm 26 i want to build a career and i wanted to make more money and the reality is is that in in spain right now it's not the best place to make money um so yeah i wanted to move to dubai for that as well because money was was important oh yeah money is super important i think we're all manifesting for money wealth and abundance in 2023 this little thing that i thought was interesting is that in in europe and i'm not saying everywhere it's mainly like spain and france um but there there's this very like there's a bit of ageism in the workforce in the sense that if if you're 26 or 25 or 23 when i started working you're going to be at a certain level in your job and it's going to be that right you're not going to be promoted to manager and it, maybe there is some companies but the ones i've seen it's very much limited um and i knew from people i talked to that dubai was different right you could make more money but you could also be a way bigger fish in the pond and that's what i wanted i wanted to be in a fast paced environment um mm-hmm. yeah and i wanted to know that if i work hard i could be like a manager or 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 anything right um so that was yeah, it wasn't two reasons it was multiple reasons but that's why i decided to look to start looking at least um for a job in dubai oh yeah totally that happens Yes, I've seen that happening in Europe as well in terms of when you're young there's just a ceiling in there. So my understanding is to recap, so you've been looking to experience a new culture because you've been used to that and that was kind of a region you you still had to explore. Then it was increasing your total compensation and uh standard of living and finally this willing to grow professionally and not be affected because you're young and see where that can be possible for you cool and out of curiosity i'd like to know as well how long did that take for you from you know the very beginning of sending your first cvs or even reviewing your resume until you got the offer and you moved and started let, let's let's say your first working day because i guess in your case it adds an extra layer the fact that not only you changed jobs and companies but you also changed countries and had to move from one place to another but i'd like to know how much energy and time will will that take for for someone out there based on how long did it take for you so i decided mid january of last year that i wanted to move to dubai so that i needed to start looking for a job I think it took me like about a week to improve my LinkedIn and improve my CV. I'm very like LinkedIn oriented. 
because I feel like in the field that I'm in, in digital marketing, LinkedIn is like your seller, even more than your CV. So there's like a lot going into the keywords that you put in your LinkedIn and everything. And then I think I got, so I was looking for jobs for the first three months. It was a bit slow. And then I got an offer in my contract in my hands on end of June. Yeah. All right. So six months, something like that, right? Yes. I did the last stage of interview though, like end of May. And then June, I had the contract. July, I left. Um, from the moment I had the contract, I left two weeks after. Wait, what? Two weeks? Dubai, Madrid, like that? That's so fast. Yeah, it was it was fast paced. So I got the contract. They were like, "Can you be here in two weeks?" I was like, "Yes, of course." But, but which is like to be expected as well when you when you want to get a job abroad is that they're not gonna wait three months for you to come in. Usually, when you're our age, right? Because it's not it's not an expat contract. It's a local contract, so they usually need you to be here like pretty quickly. But yeah, it took me six months. I think the the longest was more the three first months where you're applying. There's you know nothing nothing because it's it's the three first months. So you're you're getting, you know you're putting little seeds everywhere and waiting for them to bloom and. Oh yeah, patience, 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 patience. So you said LinkedIn was your best friend. So just out of curiosity, so what are the steps that you had or you took before actually even applying for a job? So what can you said something about your profile and how you like. Uh, it um clean it up a little bit but what are the things you suggest to do before like prep work so i would say the first thing is depending on your industry right industry or type of job that you want is call people ask them like what do people look for how's the job market there are they typically in digital marketing it's a very new market it's a very young market so people are looking for you know, um, employees that can do everything. So your CV should be more oriented towards, I can do everything in digital marketing from SEO to e-commerce to paid media, um, which is very different than Europe. So you kind, I would say first, like call up people, ask them about how the job market is doing, ask them about your industry. If you have a specific industry in mind, kind of know how to orient your research, but your presentation and your personal branding, right? And then after doing this, kind of ask them like where to look for a job. So you can already look at any, even if you're not applying, just looking at job listing is going to give you a good idea of what people are looking for as well. So it's more about this research in general, I would say. And then that's when you can be confident. You can change your LinkedIn. If you're in an industry where you need a motivation letter, I don't even know if these exist anywhere. I haven't done one in like four, five years, maybe. Oh my God, that's so, so much work. So I'm glad you're saying it's kind of disappearing, at least out of your industry. Um, so what was it like for you specifically? Because I guess for you, it was a little bit harder, right? Because you were looking into a different market. And I guess from one country to another, you might have different tools, different stuff, right, to adapt to. So how did you, how did you do your research yourself? Like, did you know someone on the spot? Did you know someone in Dubai? How was it? So... There's, I think there's multiple things and it goes for like moving to a new country, but also looking for a new job. First of all, talk to your friends because your friends probably know people who know people who know people that are in your industry or in the city you want to live in. So like that would be my biggest thing is like talk to your friends because they probably know. And when I started telling people and like my close friends, 
they're like, oh, I know this person in Dubai. You can reach out. I know this person in, in digital marketing in Dubai, or I know this person in this job. So that's where I started. I used kind of like the friendship, the people I had met in university. I had one person that I knew that was working in Dubai. And then from that stage, when I kind of knew, you know, I was lucky enough to, to talk to people who did the same thing as me. So digital marketing, but if you don't, honestly, just reach out to people that you find online, go to LinkedIn. Um, and we'll talk about it, I think a bit later, but LinkedIn premium, reach out, ask questions. People are super open generally to tell you about the industry in itself um, and kind of give you advice on, could be your CV, motivation letter, your LinkedIn, anything to push you forward. And I think that's the most precious thing you have is like your network and I remember like I used to really look into LinkedIn indeed or just like the official career pages and websites of the companies where I was applying to in terms of corporate job and I would never dare to actually text someone or you know ping someone that I don't know I was or if I know them like a little bit it was still like very awkward and I was afraid of being silly um, do you know if that really like has worked out for you or can you give examples or percentages of people who actually reply to you versus the ones who ghosted you or, you know, maybe just to have a sense of like, does it really work or not? So there's two ways of looking at it, right? You can do it because you want to know about the industry or the country or whoever, whatever they're doing and about their job, which I think works really well when you're younger because If you get a message today of someone who's like 18 and they want to know about your job, you're most likely going to answer it. And then, so this, I would say like a lot of people answer. If it's just questions, a lot of people answer. And then there's the other side, which is what I did is to reach out to HRs and to managers of jobs that I had applied to or people I assumed mm -hmm. were the managers. Yeah. And I, I guess it depends. Um, in big companies, to be fairly honest, they don't really answer. If you're looking to go to, I don't know, the biggest fashion company or the biggest digital marketing agency, they don't really answer. HRs might answer because they're a bit, you know, they know what it's like, but I guess they get a lot of messages. On the okay. other side, smaller agencies, they always answer. Oh, wow. Okay. So what I'm learning from this is actually you should, we definitely should uh, text um, these people and, and specifically, as you said, not just like right out like asking about positions and specific jobs but just wondering about the industry and have like industry specific questions more of like a let's say something you would ask like a mentor in the in the industry that that's so interesting and the fact that smaller companies actually do take the time and reply to you wow okay so it's totally worth it do it anyways yeah because i mean you get linkedin premium i, I think you get 15 messages per month Honestly, yeah. just divide them up. Do like half okay. on big companies, half on smaller ones. It's, 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 you can never know, right? On the off chance that someone might respond, it might literally help you get the job of your dreams. And honestly, the thing to realize is that, and for our generation, I think it's, it's the internet. Like, who cares? They don't answer. What is going to happen? No one's going to shame you about it. And no one's gonna be like, oh my God, <laughs> like, who cares? It's you and your LinkedIn, it's private. Just go ahead. I'm, you know, it's not. Oh yeah, for sure. There's nothing to lose, I guess. Um, actually about Dubai specifically as a market, um, is there anything specific, any ways people have to find different opportunities, how different it can be like from another place you've been? 
Indeed, but it's more, Indeed is more for, um, they don't have everything, but they sometimes have good job opportunities. I would say LinkedIn is the biggest one here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dubai is very much um, relationships and network. So I think I was lucky because I found mine on LinkedIn and then on the website of the company. But from what I can see now is that your network is the most important. That's mostly how people change jobs is that they'll know someone who's going to be like, oh, you're looking for something. I have something for you, Um, which reinforces the LinkedIn premium aspect of it is that if you've met someone, add them on LinkedIn. That's the biggest thing, right? Like, I I just want to point this out because when I was younger, I used to be so scared about adding people on LinkedIn that I met at conferences or people I worked with because I was like oh my god I don't want them to think that I'm a creep because I'm adding everyone but honestly (laughs) it's so important because it is the day you're going to be looking for a job you just you could post it on your LinkedIn or you could see in your contacts that you still have this person that you met at a conference so you don't need to send them a premium message you can just send them a direct message because they're already in your contact base and that helps so much because you can be like hey I saw you at this conference they you're connected to them so they're they're probably going to see your message and then you can like reach out discuss jobs and i think you get a lot of opportunities from it so add people in your company you're doing an internship you're 18 it's your first add everyone in your company like literally add people away they're not going to feel awkward about it you're just the only one who's putting the barriers to it but add people oh my god yes we need to network and this is such an adulting moment because I remember I hated when people told me you need to network, you need to do this and that. And I was like, oh my God, that's not for me. Thank you. But yes, for sure. Here comes the moment. I have to admit, yes, this does bring value and a lot. In terms of tooling, I actually, something that I don't really see anymore. I remember I used to have these like AI um, empowered CV proofreaders and things like that. There was a bunch of them on the internet. I remember I, mine was called something like AI magic scan and it allowed you to really like upload your CV and it will, it would proofread it and tell you what keywords or what different like action verbs to add. And um, I remember I thought it was useful at the moment, but is it really a thing now? Yeah. There's like so many websites to proofread your, your CV. So I think that you can do it. Those who give you keywords, um, if you if you're still a student, a lot of universities offer classes tutoring on CV, and I think I know that when you're in university, you're like I don't need this, but you do, do it. So go take that class. Don't skip that one. Go get that class. Um, and apart from that, um, I've used a lot. It, it's it's in another part of job seeking, but you know when you look for a job, they they ask for your salary expectation a lot of the time. So I've used Glassdoor a lot for that to kind of see what the salaries were in the region Um, so that when they ask you for a salary and you have to write it down, you're not like very scared about it. Um, Oh my God, I'm just nervous by listening to that. Did they ask you for your salary expectations? Did they? Yeah, a lot of jobs do. And maybe it's just Dubai, but a lot of jobs ask you and the HR has this when they interview you. So you can't really go back on your words saying, oh, I know I asked for this, but I mean, you could, you could but better to know a bit what you're looking for. And they ask you on the phone. So they'll call you up. They do a lot of cold calling here. Like they, they get your CV, they call you up. They're like, hey, you know, they kind of check for like your English. They check for 
whatever salary you're expecting and, and a bit of a background on you before they offer an interview. So you have to be ready for it. Um, and then I use Excel for planning, but it's not really, a, I mean, it's more like a, the way I use it, but it's not meant. Oh, for sure. You know, that's, no, but for sure. I think that's, a, that's, that's also part of my next question, which is how do you really make sure you're consistent? Because something that I'm facing a lot is that I'm sending my CV over there. I'm sending like some kind of message over there. I'm talking to a colleague about some potential opportunity, um, like, on another day and I just never keep track of anything so I think that's also maybe part of why it's not becoming something consistent I'm taking seriously how do you make sure that you keep consistent so I guess you use excel how, how do you track those so what I do and what I've done for for a lot of years because I think excel is like the best tool not even just for calculation but just to organize your mind I basically build this kind of like framework where I put the name of the job, the company, the link of the job offer, because you lose them so much. And then any detail that I had to input. So whether, you know, if I had to put something very specific, because you, right, you always tailor what you tell a job or a company, depending on what they're looking for, right? If it's a fashion company or versus an oil and gas company, you're not going to say the same thing. You're not going to say, I love fashion to the oil and gas. And you're not going to say, I love oil and gas or whatever to the other one. So I always put kind of like this info in a box of saying, okay, I said I loved this, this, this. I said this was the salary I wanted. I said that I did this, 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 because you you always say a lot of stuff. And so I do this for the bigger jobs, like the ones I really want or the ones that are not auto-apply on LinkedIn. Because auto-apply, you don't really put any information into them. Um, and so when people call me up in cold calls and they're like, hey, you applied for this job at, I don't know, whatever company, um, we saw that you wanted this salary and you did this, I can say, yes, give me one second. I log into my Excel, do a command F, <laughs> and look up, look up the name of the company. So I know what I told them and I know what it's about. Um, that is so useful. That's so useful because it seems yeah. like we, we sometimes tend to have like multiple personalities depending on where we're applying yeah. but keep track of that it just makes you have it on, in one place yeah that's 100 and you don't and it's also because i think a lot of companies they know you're applying other like elsewhere but they especially the big ones they kind of they want to know that you just like them better right because they don't want to do a whole process yeah. interview with you if you're not yeah. the first choice so to not make them feel like yeah course you're one of my top choices but honestly I'm not stupid I'm not going to apply to one job offer you want to have something personal to say like of course you're I don't know um lamp company I love your designs like you want to know what you're talking about okay um I guess yeah it makes you stand out a little bit if you know what you're talking about true yeah so Actually, since we're talking about looking for, for an opportunity while you work at the same time, I think I would always give the excuse like, oh, I have no time. You know, I have something else to do. I have my nine to five. I have to water my plants, go to the gym, see my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so how, how do you find the time in a regular day where you already have a job to really consistently look for a new opportunity? Also for you, it was also to look at, outside Europe right to look for something elsewhere so I guess it's even double the complication how did you stay consistent and how did you find the time like in your day how did you do so um 
I was lucky enough to work in Spain where you respect mostly your lunchtime, right? You have an hour, you have an hour. So, and I was doing remote because it was COVID. Um, so I used my lunch break. You know, I would say, okay, instead of taking an hour to have lunch, make lunch, I would order or I would like do instant noodle, take this hour to look for jobs. And I would prioritize it when I finish working. So at night. So I would really try to stick. So lunch was mostly what I did was like, okay, I have literally five hours in a week where I'm supposed to just chill. I'm not going to do it. I'll chill after. I'll chill later when I'm in Dubai and I'll look for a job for an hour. It could be filling in an application, doing a test. You know, they send you tests. So if I had a test to do, I would do it on the hour. Um, anything that was like me in front of the computer, I would do it during lunch. Um, and then if I had to do more stuff, a longer test or something more precise, I would do it after work at six, yeah. which is not, it's not fun, right? It's not the funnest, like no one is going to tell you, I love looking for a job. Um, so I, I found it easy for me to do it during the day instead of at the end of the day when I'm like super tired and I don't have oh, that's great advice. Time. And you can have like a quick lunch as well and just do it at the same time. So did you like block a slot in your calendar? How do you? Make sure you, you do that and you don't yeah, work at the same time. That's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. I would, um, because everyone respected lunch in my company, I would just set my my status as lunch, right? Because yeah. honestly, technically, you're allowed to do whatever you want during your lunch hour. So it's your you time. So I would do that during lunch. I just set like, oh, I'm having lunch and then turn off Slack and just close my computer like I would usually do if I'm having lunch. That's also not related. But honestly, if you want to be happy in life, close your computer when you're having lunch during your work hours. Oh, my God. This is like a general advice. Just please have your lunch. Disconnect. Just eat. Okay. Have your lunch. Like, honestly, the world is not going to stop spinning. And if you are allowed to have an hour for lunch and it's in your contract, close your computer. I learned this yes. too little, too late, but like, close your computer. Um, but no, I would do it during lunch. And then if not at six after work. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's harder after work because your, your day is, you know, heavy and, and you're a bit tired. Um, and then on the weekends. Right. So you do it during the weekend. The problem, though, with the weekend, I find is that people usually get a lot of application and they open everything on Monday. So it might not be as powerful for you to send it through the weekend. But I think we can ask an HR, but I, that's how I imagine it would be. Um, so I'd say lunch or after work. Try to yeah, do it for sure. The week. I think it's better. I mean, we're saying have your lunch and close your laptop. And then we're also saying, you can use your lunch time to apply for jobs. Obviously, I guess you're not going to be looking for jobs every day of the year during your lunch time. So that's like an exception more. Um, so that's very clear. And I think that's a great tip because to be honest, I get very lazy after work to stay on my computer and do more work that, I mean, because I consider it being more work. Curious about something. Did you tell your colleagues? I mean, come on, because some people are really friends with their colleagues. And how soon is too soon or not too soon for you to tell them you're looking for something else or you're like fed up with you, with your position or your job today? Mm, no. Um, <laughs> so I but I'm a bit weird on this. I rarely like my colleagues can be people I enjoy. But 
for me, if we're colleagues, we're not going to be friends right off the bat. So I really try to differentiate. Like, of course, if there's a colleague that you really develop a relationship with and you're super close and they're like your friends, it's a bit harder. But I would say in general, no, <laughs> no, it's still it's still work. You don't want to say anything because you don't want to like, what if it doesn't work out and you want to keep this job? Do you think you're, they're really going to keep you if they know that you've been looking elsewhere? I'm not sure. Um, and also like the, the anxiety, it can cause you to like tell people that you're looking for something and it's not working out or I don't know. I'd say, no, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't, I like told them when I signed the contract and I told them first, right. I didn't wait until everyone knew I told them first and then whoever my manager, but, um, I would, I wouldn't recommend it. I think that's really important. I think that's really yeah. important because even if you tend to be super friends with your colleagues, sometimes it just you just you're just not responsible for for the word getting out of the circle, right? So it just can it can spin it and it just get, the information can be in some in the in the wrong hands eventually, and you're just gonna yeah. be the one losing. As you said, it's not interesting for your manager to keep you or promote you if something doesn't work out, and then they know exactly. that they're looking somewhere else for sure. And I. And also something to keep in mind is that your colleagues are essentially your network. So imagine you're looking for a job for six months and your colleague that you're like friendly with, like you can consider a friend for job for like for work. Sorry. Um, imagine they think that your work is not as good because you, they, they know you want to leave. Like, how does it look from an exterior standpoint to them? They're probably gonna be like, okay, well, they know they're going to leave. Maybe, you know, they're not as efficient or they're not as good and they are your network. So what happens in five years when you're looking for a job and you ask them, they might think, well, I saw how she was working because she was, she knew she was leaving. So I, I saw how it impacted her work. Like, I don't want any of that. You know, I don't no, want for sure. any vision of my work to be impacted by the fact that I'm looking for a job because the reality is that if you, if you're professional, you're not going to let it impact any, like even the last day that you're at work, you're going to give your 100% because you're a professional person. So yes, I'd rather yes. not tell anyone and then tell them last minute. You can tell them, that's super important as well. Tell them before anyone else. Um, I think I mentioned this to you, but like a, I've seen a lot of companies ask you to not tell anyone when you're leaving, to tell them when, when it, the company sees it fits. You know, they can make you wait for a month. They can make you wait for two months because they don't think it's the moment to tell people you're leaving. Don't follow that. <laughs> it's your life. Your colleagues are your network. Yeah. I've seen so many companies do that. They yes. ask you to you wait. To sure, yeah. You need to make sure you're the one giving the information, especially to the colleagues you value a lot. Otherwise, it feels exactly like you're, you didn't value their, yeah, didn't value them enough exactly. to tell them. And, and, and they are your network. They are the people who might get you a job in five years. They are, they are probably, like it happened to me when I left my job, I became super friends with the people that I was friendly with at work and they became actual friends. So they might be your friends. Like you don't want to betray them in that way. So kind of like this is your narrative. And if you want to say it when you want to say it, say it. Don't go, I mean, I'm not saying like go to your company and say, sorry guys, but like if you want to tell people, just tell them tell them, hey, I'm going to tell you this, don't tell anyone for the moment, but at least they feel valued. Um, sure. But it's just important to remember, like, 
companies are companies, right? Even if they, you think they love you and you think they want the best for you, they're still companies. They still need to make money. You're still someone who makes them money. So just try to think on your own terms and, and what is good for you as a person. But yeah, don't tell people you're looking for a job. Don't tell, yeah, don't tell people and act 100% professional until the end. Actually, I, exactly. I think it's also important to, to be careful because the termination um, in the contract can be so different from one company to another, but especially from one uh, country to another. I remember my termination back when I was in Europe, it was like three months. So even if I would say, okay, I quit, they, they were able to retain me three months from when yeah. I announced that. So that, and today my retention period is, I think it's two weeks. So you need to also make sure you wow. stay in a, in a, in a strategic time. So it's, it's not working exactly. against you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also like the reality is that if you have to stay three months in a company where everyone who you were friendly with, you kind of didn't tell them you were leaving and they kind of, you know, are not very happy about it. You have to stay three months with these people. It's not going to be a nice period of time for you. Don't put yourself through that. <laughs> for sure. Actually, when it came, because we were talking about making time for the job hunt, but what about the interviews? It's, it's, it's something so stupid that I was, I was thinking, where, where do you do them? Because, okay, now we have this work from home thing. Yes, we can work from home, but not everybody, I guess, and not all the time. So how do you, how do you make sure to still do the interviews? while you have a nine to five, meaning that your next company probably will be in the same time zone. I mean, it's not the case for you, but will probably be in the same time zone if you don't want to move. Yeah. So how do you do it? How do you make it work? Yeah, that was so hard. Um, Because the contrary to to saying that I'm okay with applying during lunch, I don't apply it to interviews because I think if there's an emergency, if there's anything that I need to be here for, for my clients, I can't do an interview during work hours um so time zone helped me a little bit to do it a bit later and I would say do it after your work so even if it it means one day you know usually you finish at six one day you have to finish at 5 30 just say hey I have something to go to I, I need to finish at 5 30 and then you do it at 5 30 but do it when you're you know your mind is focused only on this thing rather than anything else And then my advice would be like, don't do it in your place of work. Cause I don't think, I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's great for your mindset as well. Right. If you do it in the little room that you booked, but you're still in your workplace, it's a bit awkward. I'm pretty I'm sure, not sure you would be legal or not allowed in some kind of way. Right. So yeah, I think, Probably. I think you're right. I think you're right. And actually I have done the exact <laughs> opposite. I remember, oh my God, I remember. I had so I was in this kind of situation because okay, of course I agree with you. You need to you need to really be respectful about like what your responsibilities are. You cannot just you know not, not respect your workplace and just uh, interview for other jobs while you know just book a meeting room for the whole day and just interview. That's not okay. But I remember I was in this situation <laughs> where I had to go to an assessment center in person in another country, and I had no. I was an intern back then, and I had no vacation, so I had no vacation allowance whatsoever. So I just flew to the assessment center, and I just called in sick the same day. I was I was so anxious. I was like, oh my god, what are they tracking my location? So yeah, don't do that. That's it's unless you have no other mean to do it because you don't want to miss an opportunity as well but exactly. unless you have no other choice yeah just make it after your work hours for sure 
exactly but at the same time though what you're saying is that you you didn't have holidays or, or vacation days so also don't lose an opportunity over that like the reality is like if you're an intern honestly go for it i would say if you're an intern go f- if you don't want to stay in the company you're currently at go for it don't miss out on, on an opportunity because of your current work situation but yeah if you can it's a bit better to do it a bit later say you have to leave a bit earlier or kind of also companies know honestly they know that if you're currently working in a company you're not free to do interviews any time another topic that i really wanted to discuss with you and really look at what your take on this is you know how we're investing so much time and energy into this process right so we're so motivated we're looking at different companies out there we're writing cvs we're reaching out to people we're doing the interviews we're tracking all of it in the sheet and stuff and then unfortunately a significant portion of that will uh, let's say be rejected right so rejection is a thing so for most of us so first of all did you uh, face that as well and how did you react I did I did of course I did so there's like multiple ones right the rejections that are off the bat hey we looked at your CV you're not moving on to the next one honestly the first few sting a little bit but then the rest you're like okay whatever <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> like you're gonna get so many of these emails that you just be prepared for them it doesn't mean they don't like you it just maybe you weren't there at the right time maybe you know there's like a thousand reasons so those are fine i would say um it's kind of the same as sending a cold like message on linkedin right it's kind of the same like if they don't answer it's fine it's not you it's probably something else um and then for the rest when it's like you've done the interviews and you're like at the last stage and they don't take you i think it's it's all about thinking that if it wasn't i'm very much like this but if it wasn't meant to be wasn't meant to be it's better to get rejected because they don't think that you fit the company or they don't think that you're right for the job than to be taken as like third choice and you actually don't fit the company and you don't fit the job and then you have to quit because quitting is going to be a nightmare yeah yeah quitting is so stressful you have to say goodbye to everyone I don't know about anyone else but I hate it I hate this like goodbye thing and having to quit and tell your manager I have to leave it's so gives me so much anxiety oh wait but so wait wait you need to tell me this because you um you know whenever you receive you know the offer and you finally you're taken um how do you know if to accept or not because it's an important decision right because you have the comfort of having another job on the side right you have a full-time job so you're you don't want to accept the first thing that comes in right how do you make that decision how do you know it's the right one so I had to go with your gut. <laughs> like, it's so stupid to say this, but honestly, if you feel inside of yourself that when you're telling people about it, when you're telling a friend, when you're telling your boyfriend, your girlfriend, like whoever about the job, if it makes you happy and you're so excited to start it, go for it. If you feel this little like, I don't know, but this was weird and this was weird and blah, 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 but maybe I should take it because I don't have another option, don't do it. Of course, if you have no other option, take it. Yeah. But like, If you know you can spare a few more months, don't take it. And honestly, the biggest thing is don't take something that doesn't have the work culture that you want. Ask those questions. Ask about work culture. This is so important, especially if you're going to the office. Ask about it because it's so important. And if you feel that the job description is something that 
you know, is not going to fulfill you or is not really in the field that you wanted to, or is, you know, is a bit lower than what you expected in terms of responsibilities. Honestly, don't take it. Like it's not worth it. You, yeah. No, it's not worth it. Cause usually if you think it's fine, cause in six months, they'll give me more. Just try to double the time span that you think it's going to take you and see if you can take it. Can you take it a, a year of no responsibility, hoping that in a year, maybe you'll be a manager. I'm not sure. So like, I would no. say, of course, and there's stuff that are in the long run that you're like, I'm going to like it in the long run, but kind of try to make it worse in your head and see if you still want to take it. I would say. Actually, interesting take. What do you think about actually, you know, after you've interviewed with someone, you know how they say, oh, feel free to reach me for anything, but obviously you don't want to reach them out for anything. So do you think it makes sense to like texts or, you know, email someone you just interviewed with, let's say it's the first round, for example? I was, I never, I've never done this before, but I thought that was so great. So the story goes, I interviewed um, a person for a manager role in my company for a new department. Mm -hmm. um, and I interviewed her for the fit interview to see, you know, if she would fit work culture. She was great. After the interview, she sent me a message on LinkedIn, LinkedIn premium. And she's like, hey, I have a couple more questions about work culture, but also about the city and about, you know, everything that goes into moving to a new country. Um, and we talked for a while on, on WhatsApp. And so she's joining the company soon, which is super exciting. And I thought that was so smart. I was like, this is, she's so smart for doing this. Of course, it makes sense. She's reaching out to someone who is in the company. I'm fairly new as well, because I started six months ago. So I still have this like perspective of how, you know, how it was for me. And yeah, it made so much sense. And I, this is something I'm going to use in the future. If, you know, when I'm changing jobs, if I'm changing jobs, wherever, um, I'm still going to do that. So smart. Because you get to have, Literally, it's not like reaching out to an HR or to the CEO. It's it's about reaching out to someone who's probably your age, probably knows about how it is to move to a new country, knows about the work culture, the people in the company, the things you organize, and is probably not going to lie to you over WhatsApp. And it's probably going to reply to you as well because you actually did yeah. have a conversation with them. No, that's I think that's a super nice, uh, super clever move because it makes you have these little questions you either didn't have the time to ask or just you wanted to ask but it was maybe not the right forum so that's definitely exactly. a great, great tip and how do you because I guess another part of you accepting or making that decision so it's these little questions or these little doubts but also I guess compensation and salary is super important so yeah. how, how do you make sure because I okay negotiating is definitely something I'm still not good at I'm learning how to do that so how do you make sure you negotiate well if you especially don't know the market yeah that's so hard um I'm kind of like you I'm still learning I'd mm -hmm. say first as I said at the beginning like ask people and go on Glassdoor ask people you know people in the network like don't be I know in like you know in France it's not a we're not huge about talking about money um but just go for it just like ask people you know in your in your environment like hey how much is your salary even if they give you a range um learn how to talk about salary like here for example people talk a lot about monthly salary versus yearly which is in europe that's how we do and go on glassdoor kind of get an idea 
And then something that is actually super smart as well is maybe calculate the cost of living from what you know. So you know as well, you know, okay, they're telling me they're earning this much. I'm seeing that people usually earn this much. Can I live with this based on how much it costs to live in a country? Um, and this, you can ask people, you can look it up online. The negotiation is so hard. I would always say, go higher. <laughs> Worst case, people laugh. And it happened to me in my previous job. <laughs> they weren't the best about it. No, but they weren't the best about it. But basically, when I negotiated from an intern to a, a full-time job, I asked such a high number. And to tell you, they gave me half of it. And they laughed about it, which was so unprofessional. So I don't, like, it wasn't a good reaction on their part. But, like, they But laughed. they still gave you something, meaning that it, yeah. it, it doesn't. I mean, because I think the fear, at least my fear is like, if I say, oh, I want like 40% more, um, people are just going to be like, no, that's unacceptable. And we don't want to take you in the company. So that's actually reassuring that even if their reaction was not the best, um, I wouldn't laugh at someone for asking a high number though. Yeah. But yeah. And I survived it. Like, honestly, Okay, they laughed. They were like, no, this is not, we're, no, we're giving you half of this. Um, and I was like, okay, well, and it, it tells you about the company as well, right? They laughed. Do you really want to be in a company like this? I didn't have a choice. It was COVID. So I was also in this situation where I was like, okay, well, but I'm, I'm taking it into account. And I can tell you that keeping this in mind, the moment I had to quit, I had no regrets because I was like, the, I asked you guys for something. The reaction you had was not positive. Now I have to quit a year or two later. I still remember it. So it gives you as yeah. well kind of an idea of what type of company it is. Um, so I'd say go higher, ask people around you, ask and see what you can live with. Like if, if your whole thing is I want to like live and I don't need a lot, then you can ask for less. If, but honestly, ask higher. Worst case, they just tell you, no, this is how much we want to give you. And then you renegotiate. Like when they say this is how much you want to give you, And I think that's something I struggle with as well is just say, I understand, but I think we should get there. And then they can meet you halfway. Push it. Just push it. To be honest, there's no reason to give a, a low, uh, a lower salary, right? Or like to lowball. However, there's different like sentences or like ways to put it, I think. So let's say if you're saying, so I want X uh, because I'm expect I'm expecting X, let's say. However, I uh, understand that industry may vary and um, depending on the budget, I'm happy to you know, negotiate, meaning that you're giving a high number, but you're not closing the deal, meaning that if they not, they're not able to afford it, they can still continue the conversation with you. Because if you close the conversation, it's kind of, it's kind of risky, right? They might just say, look, he's out of our range or she's out of our range. That's not possible. But wait, so you've negotiated, uh, you got your, your job, you chose with your gut, but now Wait, so that was like the most exciting part for me. How did you quit your actual job? How did you do it? Tell me everything about it, please. Yeah, I'm the same. This is so stressful. Um, well, I was in a particular situation in the sense that um, I was like, I knew I wanted to move. But there was also a couple of things in my job that I wasn't the happiest about at that point. So I had two options, right? I could tell them, hey, I'm leaving because I'm moving to another country, which is kind of like the easiest way out. Or I could be more of a grown up about it and be like, hey, there's this, this, this that I don't like. So this is what I want to quit. 
So I kind of did a mix of both. Basically what I did is I got the offer and because I really wanted this job and I, I knew it was like a hundred percent, I was like, okay, I'm going to quit now. Cause I have two weeks to like move to the new country. And I had only two weeks of end of contract. Um, <laughs> I can't, I'm still not over these two weeks. You had, yeah, you had no time to lose at all. So I send a message. I remember to my boss um and I was like hey can we have a call I, it wasn't formal I was like I'm not gonna make it formal and, and then they'll know like I wanted the you know so I was like hello just to tell you I quit like literally that's how I said it um and then and then I was like because and then I gave my reasons you know I was like but I didn't start with the moving away because I wanted to also put in perspective a lot of things that I thought could be improved because I thought it was important I gave them two years so I wanted to also be a bit more like I feel like this wasn't working out or this wasn't working out. I'm also moving to another country, which the funny thing is that usually people are just going to remember that I'm moving to another country because they don't really want you to say what's not working out. So it's a bit of a shame, but yeah, I just told them. But before I did, I told my friends, as I said earlier, like my work friends, um, my colleagues that I liked, I didn't tell anyone, everyone, but I said, once I was close to, I told them, Hey, by the way, I'm quitting. I'm moving to this country. This is my plan. And then once they knew, we discussed it. I called my boss, told them. Um, and then, so the reaction was like, huh, okay, well, is there anything we can do? I mean, at the same time, you're moving to a new country. So not much, you know, we can say. I was like, no, sorry. Like, there's nothing you could do for me to not go. The hard thing, though, was for me for, was to tell my clients. Because in a digital marketing agency, you more, work way more with clients than your team. So then I had yeah. to tell my clients and that was harder, but it was more like, you know, we did a normal meeting and I was like, hey, I'm leaving in two weeks. Sorry. And then I kept really great contacts with all of them, to be honest. So it's fine. You see, if you do but it the right way, it seems like you keep your contacts uh, and you, you, you just manage your network better. So it's, I guess it worked out great for you. To just yeah. uh, announce it, announce it. And yeah, okay, the employer didn't take it the way they could have, meaning they just thought you're just moving around, you're just moving abroad and you didn't actually yeah. mention all the reasons that were not working for you in the company, but it's okay. <laughs> the thing is also, it's kind of this thing, right? You want to also keep people in your network, like your managers. So you say stuff, but don't go, I would say, try not to leave with the baddest, like, not the greatest image just because you never know when you're going to see people again so even if there's a lot of stuff just think what can i say for the company to move forward if you care about the company and about the rest well what's it's not going to make a big difference now that you're leaving but it might make a difference in your network so try to keep the rest in a sure. more positive way mm. yeah stay professional it's still work right it's super important it's still work um, and do the same with your clients and then leave. And then, because there's no, like, if you're in a situation where it's really bad, it's not going to change anything. Try to remember this. Like, there's no vengeance. It's not your personal life. It's not, it won't change a thing. They'll be working at the company. They'll still function the way they are. You're not going to change a whole company structure just because you said it didn't work out for you. So, Try to be positive. Say a little bit of things if you feel like you need to get it off your chest and you feel like it might help the company. And then move on. Go to your new company and, and grow as a person. So 
the the cool thing is that um when i was looking this time around for a job i put a lot of emphasis on life life culture like culture of the company i really wanted a culture that was positive i wanted to be with people my age that were ambitious that really wanted to succeed i wanted to have like a cool backstory of the company um which is literally what i found and is the only reason i would have moved in two weeks for a company so i'm so happy because it has everything i wanted so i i got a bump up in terms of responsibilities which was great um i i'm in a very positive work culture like such a great work culture like everyone is your is part of your team to an extent everyone helps each other um we do a lot of exterior um activities together and my clients are great like it's definitely a big change um and in general I'm, i think i don't know if it's a generation thing for us but i don't know about you but i feel like we can't really stay in a job for 10 years like we need to have different experiences and i'm so glad that i took this chance to try something new to see a different environment to see a new market um so no it's it was it's like all positive i'm happy i made the change even if it was scary because it's still a big change yeah that's super wise uh super super wise i agree and you know what like since now it's been what six to eight months that you're in this in this role and by the way i am so so proud of you because you you really inspire me on how quick and fast and professional all of this was done that's why i really wanted to do this podcast and this episode with you but now that you have the time you know to really reflect you know the pros and cons of your decision and how it like changed or not your life and your professional career what are your thoughts like what is what is it that you're really thinking about it was it worth it like do it like it's the moment do let's it. go yeah do it i would say that um just like on a final note the most important when you're looking for a job is to like trust yourself in the whole process like if a you know cuz i'm saying the way i did it but i'm sure there's a thousand different ways if your way of doing it is being consistent and like doing it every day and you want to do your interviews at night and then you know like you want to negotiate your way if it's your way and it makes you successful go ahead if the job feels right go ahead like very trust your guts in the sense that end of the day your job is literally 5 days of the week So you have to choose correctly, right? I mean, it's just a job, but it's also taking most of your time. So let's be realistic. Exactly. You need to make a great, yeah, you need to make a good decision there to be to be happy with it. Yeah. So cool. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. And You're welcome. Um, good luck. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so so much for listening. And I hope that you actually could hear something because it took me, I'm so ashamed to say how long to edit this. It was my first episode done with someone and also the first one that took so long. So my apologies if you don't, please let me know at candomantracast at gmail.com what you think about it. And I hope that it gave you the motivation to really consider start this new journey of looking for opportunities even though things might look a little dark from the side thank you for listening and have an amazing day